listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and then analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is a Crossing the Streams episode featuring original television music. I'm Heather. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to the show, guys. How's everybody been this week? <laughs> We're uh, currently battling a tornado. Casually. <laughs> I don't know. We're under a tornado watch, but there's been some like pretty it's, legit tornadoes. It's like, the new New Jersey. <laughs> in our state that is like unheard of, basically. Yeah. So yeah. yay. Happy September. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're almost coming up in our, our one year. How crazy Speaking is that? We were just that, talking about only that Only a before. few episodes away. Yeah. So we're going to probably put out a schedule for the next uh, couple weeks just because this episode came out a little late. We actually had to call an audible on what we were originally covering because we did a little research <laughs> and it was a little offensive or culturally insensitive. Should we like tell them what it was? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to cover Mrs. Doubtfire, the uh, 90s classic. Yeah, starring Robin Williams. But. Yeah, uh, the the community, um, from what we could tell, uh, you know, it didn't age well. So I was, we were watching it and there was a lot of transphobic humor in it that just yeah. didn't sit right with me. And I was like, you know, is this movie well received by mm. the trans community? And the answer to that was no. <laughs> <laughs> from what you found. Yeah. Do you want to plug what the, I found, the podcast? I, yes, I do want to plug. Um, I listened to a podcast. It was called, is it transphobic? And I want to say. It was really awesome to listen to this podcast. They were very mm. informative. I loved their opinions. Uh, definitely go give them a listen. Yeah, definitely go check them out. They uh, review like different um, video games and movies, TV shows, uh, concepts, it sounds like, just anything. And at the end, they ask, is it transphobic? So exactly, I think it's a great perspective. Um, coming from a cisgendered straight woman, like sometimes I feel like I'm a little ignorant, so I want to make sure that I'm being resourceful and respectful um, exactly, as yeah. often as possible. Just to hear like the uh, like the authentic experience of, you know, the, right. the opinion of that um, community is definitely uh, different than what we like naturally thought, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire wasn't sitting right with me. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, I, I just it's one of those things that if you're getting a bad feeling, you're like, I'm not going to. Yeah, follow through with yeah, this. We definitely like don't something's not like, sitting right. Yeah. yeah, and we definitely don't want to make anybody feel like uncomfortable when. No, we don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you rewatch Mrs. Doubtfire as an adult now, thirty years, basically thirty years later <laughs> yeah. from when it was made, <laughs> I was in the um, theater for Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my god, <laughs> I feel like it may have been progressive for nineteen ninety three. Yeah, and like I was going to talk about that. Like, there's concepts in there that were progressive for there, but now. It's yeah, it's very dated and a lot of the humor is very insensitive. Yeah. And like you're watching and you're like, I feel like this is just getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, today's yeah. show is uh, going to be crossing the streams because we kind of, like I said, had to call an audible and change gears. But it's a really funny show, uh, fun show today and funny, I should say. We're doing some uh, really good comedy <laughs> TV. <laughs> yeah, we're covering things that we've never covered before. Yes. So I'll be uh, covering the Cartoon Network Adult Swim show Metalocalypse <laughs> about a death metal band. <laughs> I've I've tried to uh I think that was maybe a second or third episode Jeff's tried to make me watch of it. Yeah. It's just never it's not really my humor. Not sitting right with me, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um 
And I am covering Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the Nightman Cometh episode. (laughs) Can't go wrong with that. No. And uh, again, we want to thank you guys for coming back. Um, You can find all of our past episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. So that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, yada, yada. And if you uh, like the show, if you've been a listener and uh, you want to let us know, you could definitely go on Apple Podcasts and give us a, a review. We'd love to read them. And we just got a really positive one this week. And it always like recharges our batteries to get those kind of things. So yeah, absolutely. We love seeing, um, the five star reviews. So (laughs) we have a five star rating. So just, you know, (laughs) help us out. Um, and if you want to look for us on social media, you can find us parallel fiction on Twitter and Instagram, parallel fiction podcast on Facebook, or send us an old fashioned email, parallel fiction pod at gmail.com. Nice. So without further ado, why don't we do some rocks, paper, scissors, and we'll get into our recaps. Yeah, this is how we pick who goes first. Yes. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, no. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. This is ridiculous. We keep throwing oh, scissors no. three okay. times in a row. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. 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 All right. There was bound so, to happen eventually. <laughs> nice. So I think I'm going to go first and uh, right. tell the people about Metalocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> episode one season one i, I know say. you're jazzed up about it yeah so let me take a quick break and we'll come right back with that all right and we're back and i'm gonna tell you about the heavy metal parody show yeah i guess i was a little too harsh about it in the beginning so sorry about that <laughs> i saw you laughing a little bit I, I giggled a few times i'm like a sucker for buffoonery and that's exactly what this show is yeah that's so, a good way to describe it i mean there it's not for everybody right it doesn't necessarily <laughs> hit with me all the time there's a lot and of maybe gore. the way i i also yeah. feel about um like stand-up comedy sometimes which i know you like still can't <laughs> yeah. comprehend yeah like i don't know some stand-up comedy i'm just like meh if yeah. i was like in person i feel like i'd feel different but yeah, you know but, i don't know so i grew up as like a metal kid <laughs> i feel right. like mostly like punk metal that kind of thing like i was a habitual leather jacket wearer so <laughs> you're <laughs> a cool kid so this um this was like in my community. So everything I saw in this show I was like, oh, my God, I know, like to a far yeah. lesser degree, like it was references, especially within the music community of like, you know, not knowing how to read guitar music mm-hmm. and like just just mm-hmm. stupid, funny stuff in the show that just got me. And there's a ton of great cameos. Like in this first episode alone, there's um, James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett from Metallica or like random fans that they. That's hilarious. Stuff. So throughout the show, you get people like that, like. Um, just famous heavy metal people right, who just right. dug the uh, thing. So yeah, let's get into some quick facts about the show. This was released on August sixth, two thousand and six. Oh, you know, I feel like they missed a golden opportunity to have it as like June sixth, like six. Yeah, they did. They really did. <laughs> Maybe they like. I oddly remember that day for some reason. August sixth. No, June sixth. Oh, six, yeah, me too. Two thousand six, because everybody was like freaking out at school, uh-huh. and it was like. It's the devil. Yeah, I was Jill. a freshman in high school, so as you can imagine, it was the big yeah. drama. It's also a friend of the show, Jesse's birthday, so I was probably... Which day, June? Jill, oh. August. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was talking about June. <laughs> no. you know? Yeah. Um, but this was written by uh, Tommy Blacha and Brendan Small, who are also the voices of the band, mostly. Gotcha. Um, it stars those two, plus Mark Hamill does a reoccurring oh, bit role. we love him. Uh, Victor Brandt, and like I said, cameos from the two guys from Metallica. So let's get into it because it's <laughs> so this show like does and doesn't take itself seriously. And that's the second yeah. I know that like they're poking fun and having fun. I'm like, oh, OK, I yeah. get it. Like, 
you kind of have to get the joke a little right, bit. Right, right. So the show sets up with a semi-fictional band called Death Clock, <laughs> so, um, who are the most famous band in the world despite being death metal. So it's like in a skewed reality where like heavy metal is... Is like pop. Yeah, like nobody's more famous than them. It's like the Beatles times a million, but they're all multi-billionaires. Oh, I was going to say Justin Bieber, but I guess the well, Beatles yeah, so would about be the better. Same, yeah. yeah. Um, so the show starts off with their chef nervous, nervously serving them dinner. And uh, he's also worried because the chefs are cursed with bad luck and like continually die, like <laughs> go through like a lot of chefs. There's a lot of murder in this show and like gore, but it's yeah. played for laughs if you could believe it. Right. Like people just like getting hit by trains and yeah. cars well, or whatever. We'll get into it. Um, but undeterred, the chef would not, uh, quote, miss the opportunity to deliver various cheese snacks to his beloved death clock. So he doesn't <laughs> want to quit. <laughs> Chuck and respect. We love various cheese snacks. We do. Um, we quickly uh, learn that Death Clock are a bunch of drunk buffoons, like I had said, but they're still menacing enough that, um, you know, they love all things that are like dark and brutal. So <laughs> like, it just reminds me of, uh, if you're, if you're old enough to remember, uh, the Osbournes on MTV where oh Ozzy was like, just like this guy, but then he's like, I'm the Prince of Darkness. Like, that's what these guys remind me of. I, yeah. You know <laughs> what? I totally see that. Like amped up. So, uh, next we get the heavy metal intro of the show that comes with a very, very strong epilepsy disclaimer. There's <laughs> lots of flashing lights and stuff. Was that what you were watching when I was like, what is going on over there? Like out of the yeah. corner of my eye, I could just see like the screen, like Jeff's screen freaking out. And I thought his computer was like, <laughs> I don't know, like spazzing out. I thought it was like going to give him a death screen or something. Yeah, I know it was hard to watch. I had to like blink. I'm like, am I getting old? <laughs> but uh, that's the first original song of the show played by the band. And it's the intro. And uh, it's, I don't know, man. It just gets stuck in my head all the time. I sing it to the cat. So that's the, <laughs> Always. the, the that's mark the, of a good song. I was just literally going to say the exact same yeah. thing. And despite like the lyrics being heavy metal and stuff, like you can't really hear because he's like growl singing. Right, right. The lyrics themselves are just really dumb and worth looking up. <laughs> Do you have a, a sample <laughs> yeah. available? So basically he's just introducing the band and he's saying like uh, all their names and stuff. and. You know, like Squizgar, yeah. Squiggle, Taller Than a Tree, Toki Wartooth, Not a Bumblebee. Like, <laughs> just stupid shit. Wait, what was that TikTok video I showed you? And it was like sweeping the cat litter or something. Or yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> anyway, so Death Clock's most recent public venture is writing a coffee jingle for the Duncan Hills Coffee Company. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh Death Clock's hardcore fans travel to Norway to see them play just this one song, the coffee jingle that's like a half a minute long. And um because their coffee is so like black, that's why Death Clock likes them. And it's oh. like quote blacker than the blackest black times infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, but it's funny. Um so in this scene, there's like two fan cameos from, you know, the Metallica guys, like I said, and they established that the fans of this band are routinely hurt and sometimes killed like in comedic ways at the show. But they love the band so much that like nobody stops coming to see them. It's still packed shows. They'll despite... like risk death. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Death Clock's got like this satanic looking like helicopter fortress base. <laughs> it's like this giant like Iron Maid looking thing. 
And uh, it arrives in Norway and drops from the sky this gigantic spiked cube that's unfortunately like misses the landing pad and like lands in the crowd. So they just like splat a bunch of people. And uh, that turns out to be the stage. They like come out from the top of the stage and they're playing the song and stuff. And they have like giant pots of coffee that are like (laughs) (laughs) spilling over on the things. It sounds bad but it's just so like obscenely stupid <laughs> right that i guess that's funny the joke. yeah i gotcha <laughs> um to make matters worse the fireworks display on the show goes terribly wrong and hits the helicopter and it like shoots the chef into like <laughs> like into the propellers <laughs> wait so, i feel like i missed all of this you like, didn't watch this episode with oh me. okay you watched the other one with the uh the the lake troll which is okay okay i thought we were doing that one i was like <laughs> no. i did i see this I'm no confused. i should have done that one too but i was gonna do we'll, we'll save that one all right all right um so the uh cook is like screwed up and um next we go to this underground uh government collective of people who are monitoring death clock and uh so we learned that death clock is part of this mysterious prophecy who will one day bring forth the metalocalypse <laughs> despite being complete morons. So this underground team decides to continue to watch the progression of Death Clock's career and wait for the opportune moment to stop them. And gotcha. like, obviously these guys are too dumb to know that like they're even part of this prophecy. Right, right. Um, now being unable to cook for themselves, the band finally acknowledged that all of the chefs are cursed. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> um, currently still on life support. Their chef is costing them like $10,000 a day to keep alive. So the bass player, William Murderface. <laughs> That's a name. Yeah, I know. Um, is like, either we have to like pull the plug or learn how to uh, cook ourselves. And he's also like pissed off because he's the fat one. So he's like, I don't want a chef because he's making me <laughs> fat. Um, so the band goes to the quote food library to shop for ingredients to cook for their own dinner. And obviously this doesn't go over well. I'm going to call it the food library for now on. <laughs> the, uh, the two guitarists are like European. So they say words like funny and stuff mm-hmm. like, like put S's at the end of things and like, right, right. you know, they're searching for the right word all the time. Uh, we also learned at the food store that booze ain't food, but it's also good for soup. So <laughs> <laughs> if you see in the show, you'll know what that means. Um, and as you could also imagine, the band makes a huge mess of the store and offends a ton of food shoppers who are seemingly normal everyday people. <laughs> so it's just a mess. Um, back on the helicopter fortress, the band realizes after they left the food store, they left all the food back at the store. Oh my god! <laughs> so. I have I haven't done that, but I've left like no. a bag behind <laughs> yeah. once. Um, and so, unable to cook for themselves or um, pay for the chef to be on life support, Death Clock comes up with a solution of sewing the chef back together and like making him a zombie chef. So they do that, and. Uh, yeah, the zombie chef like starts to cook for them again and it inspires them to write a new song called Stone Back Together Wrong. Oh. <laughs> and then that's the end of the first episode. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, it only gets more obscenely like what? <laughs> but like there's so many small gems like I don't know. I feel like I quote it not even trying to at least once a right. day, you know, like the more you watch it. um. But there's a lot. Uh, there's another fun fact that I actually want to put before we go into analysis. So, the creators of the show, with the help of real life heavy metal musicians, would release the Death album on September 27th, 2007. This is all the original songs from the show, um, and they're long. They're like four or five minute actual heavy metal songs. Oh wow! So it's like actual music. It's an actual music. 
The Death Album would go on to debut number 21 on the Billboard Top 200 charts. That's impressive. It was the highest charting death metal album of all time on the Top Billboard 200 until Death Album 2 came out and did better. Oh my God. So people were loving this shit and they go on tour. They used to go on tour and it was kind of like the gorillas where they would have a backdrop, play like scenes from the Mm -hmm. show and like clips, cartoon clips of them playing their instruments. And then below them, it would be like a blacked out band who would play all these songs. So you could go see Death Clock or you could have back in the late 2000s. That's so cool. Yeah. I I was going to say one of my friend's bands actually opened for them. What? And they played, yeah, like the Starlin Ballroom over. No way. Jersey, yeah. So. We'll have to talk about that more in analysis. Definitely. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with the Nightman coming. Yeah. We're back. Let's talk about Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So this is the episode called The Nightman Cometh. Oh, my God. I remember where I was and what I was doing when I first saw this episode. So you remember the day, November 20th, 2008, real well, I guess. Vividly, yeah. No, no. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know, we both ended up with uh, like late 2000s. Um, I, there was a lot of music in the 2000s shows. I have a whole list. There were. Of, me too. I have too. a whole list and analysis that I'm going to go Yeah, me with. too. I have some stuff I'm going to share around that, around that same time period. Yeah. What a good time. It time was. To be alive. It was a great time for TV because this was also right around the time of the writer's strike. So like yeah. all of the good stuff was like either happening or, you know, like right after this is when mm. there was just this floodgate. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. Um, So this is in season four of Always Sunny and this is episode 13. It was the season finale yes. for that season. Just crazy. Always Sunny is like, what season is it now? Like, <laughs> it's like getting five million like 18 like- or whatever. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Like, but good for them, honestly. It's like the it's like the millennial Simpson, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> like when I was a little kid, there'd be older people who would quote like Simpsons, and there's like, hundreds of Simpsons episodes at this point. I'm like, how do you remember that specific joke? It's wild. But I could like. <laughs> What's even more wild is perfectly. I've seen like two Simpsons episodes in my whole life. <laughs> nice. I feel like that makes sense for me though. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so yeah, little, little facts about this, about the Nightman cometh. And by facts, I mean like this was directed by Matt Shackman. Nice. And it's starring our lovely Always Sunny cast. We have Rob Micklehoney, Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, Caitlin Olson, Danny DeVito. And, and in this episode, we have the waitress. We have Mary Elizabeth Ellis, which is Charlie Day's real life wife. Nice. And Artemis. Don't forget. And Artemis is also in this as well. So Artemis is like low key. One of my favorite characters. Is she really? really? Yeah. I don't know why. Also played by Artemis. <laughs> yeah. That's her real name. Yeah. Oh shit. I never. <laughs> Artemis Pep Danny. Nice. Yeah. So that's so funny. I love how she uses her real name in it. Yeah. It's like the office kind of. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've never watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia, first of all, what are you doing? But second of all, another show that's not for everybody. No, you're right. It is very offensive. Yeah. Um, there's some things in it that I definitely don't always sit well with me. Yeah. Um, especially probably the earlier episodes. But the whole thing is, it's just this group of people. They're mm. like friends, I guess you could say. Yeah. Sometimes the they, 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 yeah, I was just going to say they refer to themselves as the gang. And they're basically just like the world's worst just humans. awful people. Just awful, <laughs> awful people. And they own a bar in Philadelphia, a fictional bar, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
And basically, they're just the world's shittiest people and get themselves into <laughs> shenanigans all the time. Getting each other into jams. <laughs> yeah, you just got jammed. Now we're switching up TV shows. So we have Charlie, which, by the way, is Charlie Day. Yeah. He, uh, he is Charlie <laughs> Kelly in the Always Sunny universe. Nice. So Charlie enters the bar on a Friday night and he tells the gang that he wrote a musical. And everybody's super confused why he did that. And Charlie tells them there's no ulterior motive here. Like, I just want to do I just made a musical. <laughs> and everybody's like, mm. there's got to be a play. Right. They're like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? And uh, I feel like my friends would do that, too, though. <laughs> be like, why? <laughs> yeah, Why are you doing that? What's for? the angle? Yeah, exactly. It's a little suspicious. You know, if you think about it, your friend just comes out of nowhere that doesn't normally write musicals. And is like, guys, I wrote a musical. I want you guys to star in. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, why? What are you doing? Actually, to be fair, I, say, your I did would that. Be normal. Yeah. I was that say. would be normal in my group of friends, honestly. We'd be like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> your group of friends, weird. <laughs> they would do it, though. They would probably do They'd it. question it. Maybe, I, maybe we should write a musical. Yeah, okay. Parallel fiction musical. I could rock a parallel fiction musical, guys. One year, one year episode. That's gonna there it is. There it is. We did it. We figured it out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Charlie, once they kind of start giving him a hard time, he says, "Well, I'm going to give your parts away." Well, clearly the gang is too vain for that, yes. and they're like, "No, no, no. We want our parts. We're going to do it." And they ask, "What is this called? What is this musical called?" And Charlie says, "The Nightman Cometh." And then we have the iconic music intro, which yeah. is a fun little ditty. Yeah. And uh, it shows scenes of Philadelphia. Do you know how they got that? No, I don't actually. They were trying to save money when they first started the show and it was all public domain music. So everything you hear in that show oh. is public domain. Yeah. But it like works for the show and it's oh my just God. iconic now. Right. I mean, yeah. people know it as the Always Sunny song now. Yeah. So that's it's crazy. funny. We got... Uh, one of them at least is Mozart because we'd gotten like a record right. <laughs> as like on a whim. We're like, oh, let's get this Mozart or whatever. And like yeah. threw it on and it ended up being the Charty McDennis. Like, I was just going to say it's music. like, <laughs> we're like, oh it's my God. It's the one that's like, we were like, wait, you can actually sing that whole song because it's public domain. So go for that's it this it. time. I could sing it as much as I want and not yeah. have to worry about getting a all the live long day sued. Yeah, that's go- that's awesome. I wonder if is. The Always Sunny music still public domain? Yeah. Really? Yeah, once it's public domain, it always is. Oh. After 100 years, I think, all music, like after 100 years of the publication date is public domain. If it, That's so interesting. Your music law. <laughs> <laughs> live it, learn it. Yeah. So learn it, live it. Mm. Anyway, so now we have Artemis. Uh, this is a little side character in the Always Sunny world. Um, she is the one that books the theater and she also rewrote the script for Charlie since Charlie's technically illiterate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the gang's finding out about their roles. So initially Mac is cast as the main lead quote unquote boy who turns into the day man <laughs> when he defeats the night man. We're yeah. going to get there. Don't worry. It'll all make sense soon. <laughs> Um, D is the princess who works in a coffee shop and is in love with the young boy. Yeah. And, uh, of course the gang already starts messing up Charlie's vision. They're like, no, no, no. I want this part. I want to do this. And Max says that he wants to be the nightman instead of the lead because he wants to do some cool karate stuff. Yeah. He's like, oh, I could do some like cool karate choreography. And, uh, Dennis is pretty set on 
being the lead. He wants to be the main character. So they do a little role reversal here. Yeah. Uh, Charlie's just like, whatever, do whatever you want kind of thing. Yeah. They uh, just cannibalize this guy's poor idea. <laughs> <laughs> they just like took over just completely. It. Yeah. It's so hard in a group, but especially that gang specifically. Yeah. They're very, and they're all like very vain people <laughs> yeah. and egotistical. So it makes sense for them. Uh, I just want to do a quick little side note here. So D and Dennis are brother and sister. Yeah, they're twins. They're twins. And their father, father, quote Figure. unquote, <laughs> is Frank, um, which is Danny DeVito's character. Yeah. Um, so they start rehearsing and it starts out with D and Dennis, twins, singing a duet. And D is very uncomfortable with the lyrics because the lyrics are like, little boy, <laughs> yeah. darling boy. It's a, it's a little uncomfy. Yeah. And... Dee's like, I can't sing this. And mm. Charlie tries to explain that it's not like an actual boy. It's a metaphor. Yeah. And it's the spirit of a boy. <laughs> like a still, boyhood yeah. spirit, which like, I don't know. I don't know if that's any better. They still do that in rock like all the time. Like, I don't know. Like guys to girls. It's always mm. like little sister and whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You're like, I don't know. It's not sitting right. Maybe take the word little weird out. Weird metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little's just not where it's at. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But anyway, um, they're supposed to kiss at the end of the song. So this is the boy and the princess waitress, princess that works at a coffee shop situation. And obviously they're siblings and they're very uncomfortable with this fact. And <laughs> I think they settle for like a, a hug. A tender embrace. A tender embrace. I, I can't remember how Artemis exactly phrase, phrased it. Oh, I, I think, think it was, was like, like a sexually sexual, charged. It was a sexually charged <laughs> hug. <laughs> <laughs> they're still very uncomfortable with that yeah um so d's still kind of given a hard time about the song and charlie tells dennis to take a five and then he basically bullies d back into doing the song yeah <laughs> it's like the scariest you ever see charlie get <laughs> it really is you're like whoa wild card yeah <laughs> yeah right it's the same uh season too is it really it's a stacked season yeah wow season four yeah season four is always they know what's up mm. i feel like season four is always a I'm going to take that yeah. back. Well, for the most part, I feel like at that point, most TV shows hit their stride yeah. or something. Set in their ways. Yeah. So now we uh, have the troll toll <laughs> <laughs> scene. Oh, God. Okay. So Frank is the troll. Yes. Danny Naturally. DeVito's character. It works. And he keeps per- mispronouncing. The lyrics are supposed to be boys soul, <laughs> yeah. but he sings it and it sounds like boys whole. So... Not great. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to offer a little trigger warning here. Um, if rape is a trigger for you, please skip ahead about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Um, so then they turn the scene where the nightman is supposed to be um, like merging yeah, the like soul with the boy getting into the spirit of the boy. right yeah. they turn it into like a rape scene <laughs> they're like so the rape scene and they're like no yeah they're just idiots who like yeah don't see the subtext the yeah thing. they were like not quite understanding what charlie was going for yeah. and charlie's just like okay whatever just getting more and more agitated yeah he's not having a good time so meanwhile outside of rehearsal charlie has a huge crush on the waitress which hilariously is his real life wife yeah i like i love that they do that yeah i know and also d and mac are married in real life yeah rob and caitlin and they're adorable they're so hilarious together um 
And I just want to also add in that Charlie wrote a lot of the music for this. Oh, and yeah. wrote a lot of this episode. I believe Rob did as well. Oh, yeah. They're the two main, yeah. I guess, writers for the show, right? Yeah. So anyway, Charlie has a huge crush on what the character called the waitress. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have a real name, does she? No. Nope. That's the whole joke. Yeah. It's like the janitor from Scrubs. Exactly. <laughs> um, And he tells her, because basically he just, it's like unrequited love. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She wants literally nothing to do with this man. Yeah. And he tells her that he'll leave her alone for the rest of her life if she comes to this musical. Like, he <laughs> gives her a ticket and was like, you need to come to my musical tonight. And she's like, what's in it for me? And he's like, I'll leave you alone forever. And she's like, I'm in. <laughs> so the show's about to open, but they're running late because the waitress isn't there yet. Mm. Um, Charlie sees her walk in. And then all of a sudden he's like, OK, let's go. Ready? Let's go. So the gang gets ready to go up on stage. Um, starts off with Dee and Dennis's duet, super uncomfortable, <laughs> darling boy, little boy. It's, it's not. You sing that to our cats. So. I do sing it to our cat. That's true. It hits real hard with the cat. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that is one of our go-to cat songs. Now that I think about it. Yeah. And I think actually a lot of this episode is because so is the Dayman song. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We use this every day in our lives, folks. <laughs> so Dee also goes a little rogue after this duet and she follows up with her own song. And she like prefaces that she's like never been interested in little boys, that she's into men. Mm. And if any men are available, like find her after the show kind of deal. <laughs> and they're like, what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> so now we have Mac rolling up his nightman. He's in some intense eye makeup. It is his eyes are. They're looking creepy. <laughs> he's got some Cobra Kai action going yes, on. Yes, he's black. got his karate moves. Karate. He's good to go. Yeah, he's in like a karate gi. Yeah. Um, of course, Frank sings boys hole, not the soul. <laughs> Got to pay the troll toll to get into this boy's soul. But instead he turned it into get into this boy's hole. Yeah. So big yikes. I always wonder how they talk Danny DeVito into doing some of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he loves it. He does. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. But it's just like, all right, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like he probably comes up with it he's probably like yeah, oh wait maybe. what if you said this he, yeah i don't i would never i would never be able to ask danny devito to do <laughs> shit if i was on this show oh my god danny devito i love your work <laughs> yeah. okay so um the scene happens goes on and at this point the nightman is going to steal the soul of the boy. Yeah. And then there's just awkwardness. And Dennis, you just like, there's a blackout on stage and Dennis <laughs> just kind of like walks away like awkwardly. It's like, it's real weird. Yeah. And the waitress is just like watching in it's like, like astonishment. Like yeah. literally like, what am I watching? I say, not good astonishment. <laughs> no, it's like terrified astonishment. So at this point in the musical, the troll has like enslaved the boy, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. He's um, like on a leash. <laughs> but the boy becomes transformed into a man by the power of true love. And at this point, Nightman rolls back up. There's a fight scene that goes on. Some karate. Some karate, some very poorly choreographed karate scene. <laughs> um, there's a really awkward moment where like Dennis is trying to like he gets to, 
trying to get the handgun or something like for no reason. I don't know where this handgun just like pops out behind the door in the set and he's like feeling behind it to try to get the like it's like a toy pistol yeah, and he yeah. like shoots the troll and then he like instead of just like dropping it or putting it down somewhere on stage yeah. he literally put like hands it back to the hand in the door <laughs> what a mess man yeah people that have like literally never been on stage in their lives it yeah. was it's it was rough <laughs> and then out of nowhere the princess who works in the coffee shop uh, i don't know why a princess would be working especially in a coffee shop right but, yeah, maybe she's uh, just bored in the castle i guess yeah. so She's dressed as like Princess Peach, basically, yeah. too, I feel like. It's definitely Princess Peach vibes. Yeah. So she shows up and she says that she's fallen in love with this man. And then we go into the Day Man song finale and the whole cast is singing and it's mm. yeah. great, strong musical number. So the cast is all done and out of nowhere, Charlie flies in <laughs> on like from up above on this like sunset piece. Yeah. And unexpectedly, like, sings this song about how he was that boy, but now he's the day man, and he wants to marry the waitress, and he basically proposes marriage to the waitress. And uh, the waitress's first response is, is it over? (laughs) And she gets up to walk away, and Charlie's like, well, what's the answer? And she's like, it's no, and I never have to see you again because I came to this musical. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, I didn't sign anything, so I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Classic. And uh, at this point, the gang takes an awkward bow, and they're all fighting over how it went, and they all turn to Charlie, and they're like, you did have ulterior motives after all. You wanted to propose to the waitress. This was all for your, like, love connection. Yeah. And uh that's the end of the oh, Nightman Cometh. What a classic. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Every time I like watch it. It's still funny. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely. There's so many funny moments. A rewatchable show for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so you want to take a quick break and we'll, we'll analyze well, it too. Well, well, Marble mouth. <laughs> take a quick break. And we'll analyze it too. Yeah. All right. I'll be right back. All right. And we're back and let's uh, talk about these two episodes i guess go um you were mentioning before that charlie wrote a lot of this music with uh ron right rob rob duh (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of ronnie the rat or whatever ron mcdonald is max full name in the show yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) um yeah i mean i think they write a lot of the episodes in general so it's it's interesting that they also were able to like write a musical just throw it in there i feel like music comedy is like not easy, I shouldn't say that, but like you could get away with a lot more than if you're like a serious musician. You can yeah. just kind of go into absurd places and uh you know, it's kind of like writing lines. Like if you could already write lines pretty good, you should be able to Right, right. Match in. And then uh yeah, so the one of the showrunners or the the head writers of Metalocalypse, Brandon Small, is like I said, the voices for some of these musicians. And uh he was also playing some of these songs. Like a lot of the songs were written by him. Every episode oh, has its awesome. own song in it. So there's just music, original music throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy. Like just these shows, you know, like on top of being creative and coming up with all this shit, you're like also writing all of this music and stuff. <laughs> eventually both of them got performed live because didn't the Nightman Cometh have some stage shows in real life? I was actually going to say that. So they turned it into a stage adoption, actually. Yeah. So in September 2009, they took 
their show live and they performed it as a musical in New York City, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, LA, and Philly. Yeah, I wanted to get tickets to that so bad. Oh, it was so hard so to get tickets cool. to. And of course, um, so it was like the you know, the original cast plus Mary Elizabeth Ellis and Artemis also appeared. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then um I didn't mention it in my summary, but uh Charlie like dips out on playing piano during the actual show musical. Oh, yeah. Because they had rehearsed it with Charlie playing piano. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in it, they take in Gladys, like yeah. some pr- buddy who plays, like this old lady who like plays the piano. Yeah. And in that, Danny DeVito's real life in the stage adaption. Yeah. Um, actress R- Rhea. Uh, oh, Rhea Perlman. Oh, yeah, she, was she played Gladys in oh, the stage cool. adaption. There you go. That's which awesome. Is so funny. I'm so jealous. I wish I got to go see those. <laughs> they should redo it. They should like yeah, do should, like a second tenure. You know, or, 13 year reunion yeah, tour. Well, yeah it's been a while <laughs> I, like I was rock- like 10 years I was like that was 2019 just so. do like a Rocky Horror style and just have it every year so. <laughs> um, and I believe that's like an extra special on like the box DVD set oh I, I have that do you really? I have Season that DVD four? set. It's like buried in my parents' house somewhere. But yeah, I definitely have, have that. Have to one. dig that up. Back in the day, you didn't have streaming services, man. You had to like collect mm-hmm. all the, had DVD to collect sets. the DVDs. Well, you never know if. Well, you... it was like Parks and Rec when that got yeah. taken off. Um, when they were making like Peacock as yeah. like a streaming service, they took it off Netflix. Yeah, and I you think, had like right? a huge. Panic I had a attack. mental breakdown. I was like, "What am I going to do without Parks and Rec? <laughs> what am I going to do?" And uh, Jeff bought me like the full box set, for just in case for a rainy Christmas day. Present. Yeah, so. Yeah. I ever don't have access to Peacock, which, you know. Mm. Well, (laughs) anyway, I also wanted to point out, because I just looked it up on Wikipedia as we were talking. So most of the music in the episode was written by Charlie Day and then a composer named Cormac Bluestone. So I just wanted to give him some credit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So and I want to just want to read a quote from Charlie Day really quick. Mm. Um, A rape joke is not a remotely funny thing, but a man writing a musical that thinks he (laughs) <laughs> that thinks this is about self-empowerment, not realizing that the lyrics sound like a, they're a child being molested is a funny thing. The joke is coming from confusion and misunderstanding, which are classic tropes of all comedy. Gotcha. So just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, the artists, you know, like vision. So that's, that's cool to put it in context. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what about <laughs> these songs just being parts of our lives for ever now? <laughs> well, yeah, like we were saying, like these are some of our like top songs we sing to the cat at least. Yeah. Like little puss. Yeah. Little puss. We call our cat like little puss sometimes. All the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> That's like her real like name. <laughs> That's the name she answers to. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we sing that all the time to her. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as Metalocalypse goes, you would never like I would never know that you're singing stuff. it, but you probably but I do, do it yeah. all the time. At least one time on my birthday, like you still get the Facebook, like happy birthday. Like somebody will post the birthday song from Metalocalypse. <laughs> like, <laughs> I um, never noticed that. Oh yeah. You got to watch out for it. But, uh, I think mostly the show is like quotable between me and my close group of friends. Cause mm. we all kind of get the same thing. And, uh, there's just so much, like you gotta give it a shot. <laughs> I guess I don't know. They're quick, so I yeah. I guess I yeah, can give it a shot. These episodes are only like 10, 11 minutes long. Is it like a Talladega Nights situation? I like, think I think it is. Where like the, the more, more you watch you it, watch and the more you know the characters, the funny. I'm pretty sure because I watch because it's only 10 minutes long, and I watched the first episode probably three or four times for 
for this over the last couple, you know, last week. Yeah. And I watched it again today before, like in the afternoon, and I was still like laughing. It's <laughs> just how stupid oh it is. Oh my God. Oh, I'm such a sucker for like just idiots. <laughs> I don't know. You find idiotic behavior amusing? Uh, like not it, to a degree. Yeah. If yeah. it's just like buffoonery. Well, I mean, like Always Sunny has a lot of that. Exactly. And I mean... Most of it hits for me. Some of it hits. A lot of it hits, mm. I would say. Yeah. Like if I'm watching a show and I'm like, wow, these guys are idiots. <laughs> like, yeah. That usually. Well, you know what of... it is, too, is like I watch so much Always Sunny that it's like you do like love the characters in yeah. a twisted way. Despite how like awful they are. <laughs> right. Like despite like how many shitty things they do. Like, yeah, they have a special place in your heart. You're like, oh, Charlie's mm. an idiot, but he's my idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just doesn't know any better. (laughs) But it's so funny, too, how, like, these fake songs turned into real songs. Like, you were saying, like, the stage adaption of Always Sunny, of The Night If you sing Day Man to anybody. They know. They know. Like, I should say, like, for sure, age 40 and under knows exactly what you're talking about. From, like, 40 to 50, it's, like, iffy. But, like. Anybody from our generation or younger will immediately know. I'd what say Day millennials. Man is. For sure. Any millennial, yeah, would know about. Night Even man, if you've never Day seen man. the show, you know what that song is, right? You might yeah. at least know where it's from. Like same thing as like Flip, Flip, Flipadelphia. Yeah, like you might not necessarily <laughs> like watch Always Sunny, but you know it's from Always Sunny. Yep. I went to school Absolutely. in Philadelphia, so just guess how many times in my life I heard that. It's a good song. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's a great. Episode it was like too. every house party in my life (laughs) (laughs) on the streets of philadelphia Mm. and then uh, i know it's not mainstream but like in the metal community death clock has like a a bit of cred i mean if you listen to the actual album that came out if you're a metal fan you'll obviously appreciate more than just the average person but the guitar playing's not bad it's like a good death album (laughs) but like so you said it did chart on the billboard 21 the first album on the Top 200. That's like everything. So it almost like did turn into a real song. It did. I mean, it turned into a whole, you know, whole spiel, the tours and. Is there like albums and... on Spotify or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, I was really listen- <laughs> I was listening to it on the way to do the laundry. Out <laughs> of curiosity, I'm going to pull up Spotify, see if there's any Always Sunny. Oh, uh, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's definitely like a Spotify playlist, maybe. Of probably like the songs, because I feel like we searched for the. um charty mcdennis song and then of course we stumbled yeah. upon it like in real life By on accident, the thing yeah. there is yeah yeah there you go so i mean i it's it's for real it's on here man they're money-making musicians man yeah look at so, that it's just so funny i love like when tv shows create bands or create music and stuff and like like these we're lucky in that these two shows like if you appreciated it and enjoyed it you can go on spotify and look for it but there's so many shows where they do like one song and you kind of think, Oh, this band would be like kind of a cool band. Like obviously there's the monkeys and that turned into like a real, real thing. And Mm. they're huge for decades and whatever. But, uh, well, my favorite example of that that you were just saying yeah. is a uh, Lincoln Hawk from Gossip Girl. <laughs> I I'm sorry, Gossip that. Girl always comes up, but so Rufus Humphrey's band Lincoln Hawk. Yeah, it's literally a 30 second, <laughs> and I think I want I want to say season one season. Yeah, because Dan and Serena just started dating and they yeah. go to his show. It's literally like 30 seconds of this song, and I'm like. I love this song. I want a, a three minute, four minute, yeah, five minute version of this. And it just that. doesn't exist because it's literally just that clip. And I'm like, that sucks. 
Why aren't you a real band? I know. What are some of your like fake real bands from other shows and stuff? Like I eventually want to do movie version of this too. Cause there's that so many good. movies, but there's a lot it. of TV shows. Oh, absolutely. So some ones that stand out to me, obviously Lincoln Hawk. Yeah. Um, and then you have mouse rat from Parks oh, and Rec. Oh, that's so right. Oh my God. And I feel like such an so idiot. So many from that. Yeah. You got, Obviously, the pit, the pit, you have 5,000 candles in the wind. Yeah. But they're coming up with an album soon, though. I know. That's so cool. We got to get our hands on that. We do. Yeah. So, I mean, Mouse Rat's probably my number one, honestly. Yeah. Going back to that, you got like Robin Sparkles from. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that, too. There's a couple, not a whole album. You got uh, Spinal Tap, obviously, is like the benchmark, the first, you know, parody band that. Yeah. I would say that Death Clock comes from. It's like. You know, that that's definitely like the spiritual grandfather of the show. <laughs> Metalocalypse. <laughs> the OG. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, who else? I actually have a list over here. Let me I have a little bit of a list, list too. Um, what you got? I was thinking Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah. The yeah. little bit of Alexis. Yeah. So like, <laughs> right? Because I think she said she was a recording artist. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> she does everything. <laughs> I love her. Mm. She's one of my favorite characters. Well, you got to go with the beats from Doug. If you oh. remember that. <laughs> That's Hold something up. you could. How did I not even think of that? That's something you could probably find on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, the let's look. I got Spotify open right now. Mm. You know what band that like, I'm always so pissed because I love the movie and I hate that this is already a taken band name, but uh, from Almost Famous, the fake band Stillwater. I was like, mm. oh, that's such a good name for a band. Listen, there's a whole... It's verified artist, oh. Doug and the Beats. Get out of here. I Do they have swear. Durango Doug on there? Oh, God. Fuck. Let's look. There's a whole EP, Songs from Bluffington. There's somebody in our parking lot <laughs> with the Dodge Durango that terrorizes us in the morning. So we call him Durango Doug yeah, because just he Durango just like, Doug. he likes to. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're in a Durango. Can you chill for five seconds? Um, No, the only ones on here are uh, the theme, Pattier, uh, the mayonnaise for me, banging on a trash can, of course. Yeah. Uh, Shout your lungs out. Ooh, I need Mo Allowance. and. Killer tofu. Uh, I need bowl now, so that's a good one. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to like favorite that. That's going in the like this the right fall. Playlist. I don't know, man. Six thousand people a month listen to it. It has six thousand <laughs> monthly listeners. So there's people out there. Oh people God. like us for sure. So I think my last pick, and I guess we can move on, is uh, Sex Bobomb from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm. So that's like a bittersweet one for me because I was a big fan of the comic series, like the graphic novel yeah. series, and the band in the movie isn't what I imagined them to sound like. But no, but the movie, they were cool enough to like record the songs with the songwriter who was Beck. So Beck did all the Mm. original music and then they recorded it with the actors who played in the fictional band in the movie. So if you get the soundtrack, you get the Beck versions and like the actors versions. That's really cool. So that's a fun fact. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And I just want to throw out there that One Tree Hill, which was also like 2000s, like 2006. Yeah. Um. Also was a big music thing. Yeah. Um, and they actually had like a music venue in it. Like they purposely in, I think it was season two, yeah. um, created a music venue so that they could bring musical guests on the show. And they had like Weezer, like fallout boy and like fallout boy in its prime. Yeah. Um, and the actress on the show, Haley James Scott, she is like a touring musical artist on the show as well. Yeah. So they made like music, a huge plot in one tree Hill. That's I have awesome. to go back and watch that. That, that might be our next old music buddies was on an episode of one. Really? Yep. 
Yes. Yeah, see, music was a really big thing on there. The Wreckers, um, which is Michelle Branch and... Michelle Branch is awesome. <laughs> you would, I feel like you would like The Wreckers. Probably. It's got a cool name. Um, um, it's Michelle Branch and Jessica Harp. They also kind of like got their start from One Tree Hill. Or uh, not their start, but like they... Their big break. Yeah, they right? formed their band and then they went on tour like as a result of being shown on One Tree Hill. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, musical artists actually kind of got famous from got One break. Tree Hill. Yeah. And I think the OC had a similar vibe, but they didn't necessarily have people like on the show as a musical artist the way. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I was like, speaking of big breaks, <laughs> I always like how Evanescence got their big break from being on the Daredevil starring it. Ben Affleck soundtrack. <laughs> I have such strong memories of that. I feel like that's the first time I heard. Yeah, I guess the yeah, first time I heard Evanescence and it like just hit me, man. You never know where it's going to come from, guys. <laughs> <laughs> never know. Yeah. Could so, be a Daredevil commercial. So I guess, uh, I mean, there's a lot of success. I mean, that goes without saying from these two shows. Like I said, Billboard 100 or 200 mm-hmm. and then your thing. Live, live stage adaption, like which is pretty so, cool. I mean, they did something right. And that's the at the end of the day, what our show is about is just highlighting these bands that are bands, musicians that, you know. Right. Transcend through the show. That was always cool. I, I just I always appreciate that. I mean, I think music is such an important part of life. And mm. I feel like it just is so natural to get included on TV shows. Yeah. I mean, in any form of media, I feel like it just fits so naturally and i think people connect to music so easily so i can definitely see why television creators would want to hop in on a musical episode or Mm. you know incorporate some sort of original music in their shows i think it benefits them for sure yeah i mean i love pro wrestling the whole point of entrance music (laughs) is to like immediately like show you who i mean the theory of entrance music is to immediately show you who this character is before they even get in the ring yeah no you're right it sets it sets the tone. Yeah, exactly. It sets the mood, the Lots vibe. Of stuff, man. We got to cover the <laughs> wrestling episode of uh, Always Sunny because there's oh music in God. that too. <laughs> You're right. There is. I mean, music always plays an important part in like setting the scene in mm. TV shows, I feel like, you know? Yeah, I feel definitely. like a good soundtrack is very vital to a good TV show. Absolutely. I think that's a good spot to take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, quick recommendations and ratings. Sounds good. I'll be right back. We're back. Let's get into some ratings and recommendations. You want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to rate uh, Metalocalypse episode one, season one. For me personally, it's different, but I'm recommending this for the masses. <laughs> I would say it's nice to very nice. If you're in a heavy metal, it's a super nice because you'll okay. get all of the jokes. And that's fair. You'll already, you know, you'll get the cameos and it'll make more sense. For you, is it a super nice? Uh, I think so. Just because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's short, too, because even if you don't like it, even if you want to whatever, it's it's not like you wasted a whole day watching like a whatever cartoon. For, it's true. It's a cartoon, by the way. Did I mention that? I don't think you did, but it's an <laughs> animated cartoon. It is an yeah. cartoon shit. Well, here we are at the end. <laughs> 51 <laughs> minutes in and we finally mentioned that. Yeah. Um, my masterpiece scene is them in the supermarket because it's I, like... Every time I'm at the supermarket, like this whole scene plays in my head. <laughs> so I'll have to make you watch this just for this one thing. Yeah, I want to um, say. The MVP is hard to pick because the whole band is so funny just as a make unit. The band. But I would pick uh, the drummer Pickles has a lot of really <laughs> good, stupid lines in this first episode. So I'm going to go Pickles. Nice. And uh, 
recommendations, like I said before, Spinal Tap is like the closest comparison you could get to just like a bunch of idiots who are in a <laughs> band who are like oblivious to the world. But I would also kind of recommend South Park because South Park has that like absurd, especially newer South Park just yeah. gets like so absurd and like there's just gore randomly. So if you're a fan of those two, I guess you'd probably like this. That works. <laughs> How about you? So ratings, uh, in terms of TV episodes, I'm going to go super nice. Oh, yeah. Very I feel cool. like this is one of like the most rewatchable. Absolutely. Episodes. This is like in my top five episodes of any tv show of all time yeah. like it's gotta yeah. be in there i mean always Sunny's a very very easy show to one binge watch because it's yes. like 20 minutes but also it's easy to rewatch. Yeah. like you don't really ever get tired of it mm. and this is one of their strongest best episodes i would say so yeah. um yeah i'm gonna put it up there I'm gonna very go cool super nice. i totally agree with that um masterpiece scene i'm gonna go with when Charlie just flies out of nowhere, has the day man, and pr- tries to propose marriage. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, no, honey. You're doing, first of all, a public proposal in front of all these people, and it's clearly not going well. Yeah. Like, Can I actually give you my masterpiece scene yes. for this episode, too? I love this scene. I remember the first time I saw it, I almost like peed my pants. I was laughing so hard. When like Charlie's yelling at D about the song yeah. and they go to Dennis and they're like, Dennis, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm eating right now because I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, wait, where me. did this food come from? Yeah, he's just like eating randomly at <laughs> the like theater. <laughs> yeah. It's like a table set up of food. I'm like, wait, yeah. which rehearsal just has like a table of a spread? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a good moment. Mm. Uh, I think MVP, I'm going to go Charlie. Oh, yeah, you gotta. It's his musical. Yeah. And you just feel for him the whole time because, like, he's just getting, like, bulldozed by, like, the gang. And he's Mm. just like, I just wanted to have my musical, guys. Like, don't (laughs) ruin this for me. Um, Recommendations. I'm trying to think of things similar to Always Sunny. Um, I feel like Workaholics has a similar humor. Oh, yeah. I guess you can kind of say I, like, forgot about that show. Yeah. Whenever Um, I describe Always Sunny, I'm like, it's really vulgar Seinfeld. Yeah. Okay. All right. That (laughs) works. And uh, what we do in the shadows, I feel like, has a a similar vibe, which that comes back this week, guys. See, I would recommend that, too, for if you like Metalocalypse. It's like this macabre kind of idiots. I feel like Always Sunny and Metalocalypse kind of go hand in hand they were a good choice to do together thank you (laughs) hopefully you the listener liked it as well yeah i hope you guys enjoyed so if you did enjoy that and you want to find us on social media you could find us at parallel fiction on instagram and twitter parallel fiction podcast on facebook or send us an old-fashioned email at parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. yeah we're looking for more twitter fans too so if you're on twitter and you want to find us go at parallel fiction it's a lot more stream of consciousness type. We're pretty active on there, honestly. Yeah. I mean, both of us, too. I mean, we just yeah. kind of just shoot from the hip on Twitter. Yeah. We were like <laughs> live tweeting Gossip Girl, the, the new Gossip Girl at one point. Yeah. Maybe we'll do. They're on a little hiatus right now, but. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe what we, we do in the shadows. Let's pick it back up. Ooh. Okay. So keep your eyes open for that. If you are what we do in the shadows fan, you sh- and if you're not, you should be. Um, that comes back on September 3rd. So come and join us with that on Friday nights. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you like what you heard, please consider giving us a five-star review. And take it easy, guys. Have a great week.